morning and welcome to WPPA Sports Saturday. The fall edition is here. (laughs) Anyway, let's get to thanking some of our financial benefactors. None bigger than CAC Financial, 1800 West Market Street in the city of Pottsville. They're always open online at CACLFCU.org. Convenient drive-up services along the Port Carbon St. Clair Highway as well. They've been voted the number one lending institution in our area for the past six years. Why is that? Because you won't find a better fiduciary relationship anywhere. Also, we'd like to thank Phoenix Physical Therapy, helping you rise, recharge, recover. Five local offices for you. Schuylkill County's fastest growing physical therapy provider in Orwigsburg, Pottsville, Frackville, Pine Grove, and Gratz. And also Gears Dairy, Schuylkill County's oldest full-service family-owned dairy along the Tumbling Run Road. Of course, that not-too-sweet, not-too-mellow raspberry and diet decaf raspberry iced tea. Summer's over, but remember, you can always sip on Schuylkill County. JP, big night, big, 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 big night of high school football last night. Some great games. Could be some surprising outcomes if you haven't heard the scores yet today. So, John, if I can get this whole thing moving correctly, now we're okay. We'll take a look at the scoreboard from last night, a game you heard here on WPPA. Went into overtime. North Schuylkill beats Blue Mountain 20-14. On T-102 last night, Marion beats Shenandoah Valley 24-7. Jim Thorpe jumped by Pine Grove 16-9. Schuylkill Haven comes back in a big way last night in Lansford and defeats Panther Valley 30-6. Tamaqua thumped Riverside 51-20. Today, a bevy of games on the schedule. 2 o'clock this afternoon here on WPPA, Monroe area at Minersville. We'll hear from Paul Babinski coming up later on in the program, the head man of the Monroe area Golden Bears. Potsville's at Lehighton tonight here on WPPA, a 6-10 kickoff. Matt Freiler, Bernie Forgotch calling that one tonight, Crimson Tide football. T-102 tonight at 7 o'clock. You and I will take in Williams Valley and Nativity. Tim Savage will be joining us this morning right around the bottom of the hour. Talk about three games in nine days. (laughs) And Mount Carmel and Bloomsburg are going to square off tonight in Bloomsburg at 7 o'clock as well. So I guess we'll start our recaps this morning before we talk to some coaches. And boy, it must have been a dandy last night in Fountain Springs, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Blue Mountain strikes first. We knew going into it that was going to be one heck of a ball game. And two teams that pretty much had really aired it out during the first two games with the Hall and Dean shows, throwing the ball, it turned more into a defensive struggle last night. Neither team really getting it going through the air, except when it counted the most when Deets threw to Tenari. But, you know, both of them held to under 100 yards through the air. Both of them did okay on the ground, but pretty much a ground game that should have come down to overtime, and it did and North Schuylkill escapes Blue Mountain with the big really, victory. Really controlling the football last night, John. Look at that. 72 plays 
for the Eagles. North Schuylkill with 47 plays last week, last night. And North Schuylkill was a team that tried to use an up-tempo style of attack to get as many plays in as they could. But Blue Mountain using that experience last night. And uh, I watched some of the early going. Blue Mountain's line last night had Jay Call on the run a lot. Well, we've seen that so much this year, Chaz. I don't know, sometimes inexperience or, or, or what, or defensive schemes that they're coming up with. But in many of the games we've done, uh, the opposing defenses have made life miserable, forcing people to throw the ball a lot sooner than they'd like to, or even worse, running around for their life and then just throwing it up once in a while. But... Uh, Last night's game is typical of those games between Blue and North Schuylkill. But when you talk about it, you talk about pressure on the defense when you run 70-some plays against them. Tired, out there, but they get it done. You know, it's pretty interesting. For the second week in a row, Blue Mountain has had more total offense than their opponent and has yet lost both games yeah they they get things going they get things going and then at some point it almost seems they get snake bitten josh chowanski the leading rusher in the ball game last night for both teams 18 carries 115 yards carter thompson 17 carries for 49 yards to lead the eagles dean 50 percent passing without a pick for 93 yards it was two fumbles that doomed the eagles last night as uh jared tenari we saw him recover that Blocked punt in the end zone a week ago to get some uh, lift against Pine Grove. Last night coming through in OT on a fake field goal attempt to seal the deal. Yeah, and earlier in the game he had two fumble recoveries. uh, But he does on the fake, as they called it, blue look to the sky, hope for the best. Uh, Other people call it a Hail Mary. At North Schuylkill they just call it blue, and it paid off wide open. I love it. You know, I always talk about how great kids are and being around them. When he was asked about it after the game, he said, I'm speechless. This is awesome. You know, that's that's the joy of dealing with high school kids. Very simplistic, but a big, big win early in the season for these North Schuylkill Spartans as they remain unbeaten. Blue Mountain falls to one and two with the defeat last night. John, let's switch gears, shall we? You and I witnessed a game that was a battle of attrition in the first half, although we got to see a 47-yard field goal that probably would have been good from 52. There, no question about it. <laughs> that, that young man, we, we gave him the flexible play of the game because of his leg. It was not only that field goal. Kicking off, punting, uh, he he just killed it last night. Michael Baloga with the big leg last night, and uh, every kickoff seemed to be a touch touchback. I mean, he was the real deal. But in the second half, okay, we went to halftime three nothing last night, and we're watching things. And Owen Brady having a big first half running the football. Absolutely, he started off great. They went to him time after time for the game. He had thirteen carries, sixty three. Really tough yard. Cirillo had a nice game running the ball. He only threw the ball, I think it was four, six times in the game. No completions. They, depending on that rushing game, and I thought Cirillo did a 
Great job. But the difference in the second half, my friend? Jake Fenstermaker, who stands still trying to figure things out. Who fits where? And I think Fenstermaker made his case last night with where he belongs. Because when they put him in a tailback, JP, whoa, baby, it was lights out. It, it was. I know play the game was one of his runs, a 48-yard run after he had run for about five yards the first time he carried it, five, seven yards. And then he went 48 for a touchdown, and that really set the tone for the rest of the game. Shenandoah did score, but he was just too much, scoring on a 21-yard run and then another five-yard run. But I have to tell you, he was impressive. And once he broke line, he was tough to catch. 150 yards in all for Fenstermaker. For the Blue Devils, this uh, Brian Dunn put together a uh, pretty good night. I mean, look at that. 20 carries, 142 yards. Seven yards a carry against a very impressive Marion defense last night. There, from tackle to tackle, they put so much pressure on those guys last night. But I have to tell you, Dunn... When he gets when he gets a spot, he takes ten spots more. That's the kind of runner Brian is. You know the interesting thing last night: the Blue Devils did not have lack of opportunities. As what three or four of their drives, they were pushing the ball down the field, and then penalty turnover. I mean, they had a, a first and goal at the four, and they fumbled the snap, and it was recovered by Marion. I mean, the Blue Devils had their opportunities. It was a much closer game than possibly the score would indicate. Uh, no question about it. And if, if you look at statistics, because because statistics lie, and by the way, that's why I used them. But anyway, when you look, Shenandoah Valley did not have a lot of penalties. Only five for 32 yards, but they came at critical times in the ball game, and that that really hurt them. Uh, also, coughing the ball up five times, or fumbling at five, giving up two, and then we called it last night. There was a lot of uncertainty, let's call it, between the center and the quarterback. A lot of fumbled snaps and so on where they fell on them themselves, and uh, that that really bit them. But overall, I thought it was a good game for the Blue Devils. And Marion, of course, now in the win column, and that's a biggie. Well, John, let's travel down to Pine Grove, where high expectations began the season for the Cardinals. Playing against the bigger schools in the county right now and kind of undermanned a little bit from what the early indications thought for Frank Gaffney. The Cardinals now at 0-3. Jim Thorpe sitting at 3-0 as the Olympians take the long trek from Carbon to the West End and come away with a 16-9 win. Sure, and going into this season, Chazen, as we look at rosters, it's true throughout the, the Schuylkill League. Jim Thorpe lost a lot of players. They talked about, again, the young kids coming in, and they've really stepped up. But some of the other names that have been around for a while came up big. And, again, it's the second version of the Red Red Swarm, maybe the continuation Mm -hmm. of the Red Swarm. Uh, Those kids played inspired defense last night to come away with that win. 
Well, let's take a look at it. Leininger gets the scoring started on a three-yard run. Josh leading the team in rushing. 14 carries for 73 yards, but his passing prowess last night, 16 of 32 and a pick for 278. He torched Jim Thorpe through the air, but still not enough. Again, Jim Thorpe has less yards, 101 Uh less yards than their opponent and still comes away with the win, but it was the ground game last night for the Olympians, churning out 241 total yards on the ground. Fossilino, 92 yards. Tinajero, 72 yards. Fickenshire, 56 yards. And that ground game just taking control. It's 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 the mosh pit, John. Yeah, yeah. When they get the lead, they they punish you with their running game. And uh, let's go back though to Josh Leininger. You were talking about what he did offensively. He also had a pick himself last night. I mean, he's had exceptional games. And the other guy who continues to impress for Pine Grove last week, he broke the school record with ten catches in the game. Shea Morgan, last night, six catches, 108 yards, Chaz. He, he's putting up all-state numbers. Geesey with 87 yards receiving on six catches. Robinson catches two for 66. But in the end, Jim Thorpe finds a way to continue unbeaten. Yeah, and if you can convince your kids to play defense, it's the same as basketball. You know, you got to play defense every game. Your offensive game may be off once in a while. If you play great defense, you're going to be okay. Well, John, Tamaqua, they needed to find an opponent in week three, and they found Riverside. And Riverside had a hard time finding Tamaqua. Yeah, it, and again, mentioned this last night, a lot of new kids stepping into roles up there at Tamaqua. But what everybody was talking about rebuilding, I really believe, under Sam Bonner, they reloaded. They're very much like Jim Thorpe is. Like, uh-oh, all these young kids, they got not many kids coming back. Sam Bonner putting together a very impressive start to the season up there at 3-0. and Well, John, Nate Curvy having a night once again. As he rushes 18 times for 125 yards, Logan Hess, 14 carries for 110, Shikram, 9 for 78, uh, Wickersham last night, efficient, 3 of 6, 32 yards in the passing game, but uh, boy, oh boy, the Tamaqua defense holding Riverside to minus 31 yards rushing. Yeah, uh, Chaz, those are impressive. When you run for almost 400 yards, Tamaqua had 397 and you hold them to negative 31. And again, I got to believe that that Tamaqua defense had those kids running. I mean, they probably didn't have a great opportunity sometimes to set up the pass. I got to believe a lot of those were sacks. But the quarterback for Riverside did a heck of a job. He threw for almost 300. 25 of 39, passing with an interception for 296. And, John, look at the extra point kicker for Tamaqua. Does it send shivers? Yeah, yes, yes. The, the, the difference is the shivers are now female rather than male. <laughs> and 4'11". Four 4'11". Eleven. Four, four eleven. And doing the kicking, I'll, I'll tell you what. Sophia Fantastic. Boyle converting everyone last night, saying, uh, well, let's see what we can do with this. Uh, yeah, yeah, we talked about Nate a lot. It's great to see the family is still involved. We usually see Sophia playing basketball. Yes, but at 4'11". Yes. So anyway, the... Tamaqua Blue Raiders moved to 3-0. and So uh, atop those big school standings, there's a few still looking 
and saying we haven't lost yet. No, they're they're in good shape. And and, and again, this is such a crazy season. Uh, I keep calling it the Twilight Zone season, and everybody was a little antsy. Everybody got a late start. Everybody had seven and sevens that were canceled. Early games canceled. Scrimmages canceled. No practice. So there was a lot of uncertainty coming into the the season, but I use the term all the time. The programs find a way to get it done. The kids buy into the program so that you could take different kids every year, and we see a lot of ninth graders stepping up into those roles, and they're getting it done. They're getting it done at the big schools. Well, John, let's talk about what happened in Lansford last night. Schuylkill Haven undermanned last week, falls to Monoy area, then goes to Panther Valley to face the Panthers. And Mike Farr has been pretty high on Connor Gehring since he stepped into the program last year. And people were kind of scratching, saying, where's he been so far in his sophomore campaign, coach? Well, Connor answered the critics last night, rushing for 252 yards on 10 attempts. And boy, oh boy, it looks like the heir apparent's coming. You combine Gehring, if he can put these nights together with Mason Reber, and that could be a powder keg the rest of the way here for Schuylkill Haven. I was thrilled to hear that Mason Reber was back, but you're like, you know, there's the where's Waldo. They were asking where's Gehring. Well, when he showed up, he talked about his total yardage. He also had two rushing touchdowns. He blocked. A field goal attempt. The ball bounced up. He grabbed it and took off 80 yards later. He gets in the end zone. So Connor has a a great game again. Mike battling a numbers problem. Doesn't have a lot of kids, but they play with heart. And we we saw that earlier in the season. They're going to come alive now. And boy, if they get that part of the game going again, which is a typical way that Schuylkill Haven likes to play, they come up with 304 yards rushing only through seven passes, but it gets the job done. And the Hurricane defense holding the Panthers to 76 yards on the ground. They did give up 139 through the air. Pasco 6 of 15, two interceptions for that 139 yards. Matula is favorite target. He caught five of the six for 101. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they definitely have a solid group of kids at PV. They just got to get some breaks. Of course, you have a nice drive to start the game. You're going to kick a field goal, jump out, hopefully 3 nothing in, in a big game, and it gets blocked, and you watch Garing run the other way for 80. Takes the steam out of you just a little bit. A little bit of a light recap this morning is there's a bevy, a flurry, bevy. so to speak. Of action today, 2 o'clock, Mono Areas at Minersville. We'll have that for you. JP and I will be traveling to the home of the Batland Miners today for 2 o'clock here on WPPA. Tonight on WPPA, Matt Fryler, Bernie Forgotch make the long trip to Lee Heighton. 6 o'clock. Well, it's actually a 6-10 kickoff. Don't forget, the Tom McGoey Show with Palo Alto's favorite son, Charlie Drees, will be on the air tonight at 5.30. Then, JP, you and I will be on T-102 this evening for a game that a lot of people circled when Williams Valley, Nativity, Tri-Valley, and Pine Grove decided they were jumping in the Schuylkill League. Before the pandemic even hit, everybody was anxious for Williams Valley and Nativity, and 
here we are. Knocking on the door in St. Clair. Obviously, Nativity would love to ring that bell again. Uh, they go in at 2-0. You look at Williams Valley, they're 1-1, but we were up there Tuesday night, Chaz, mm-hmm. and I have to tell you, Mount Carmel has a ground game that is second to none, and they have a defensive front line that's massive, and uh, Williams Valley gave them all they could handle, but they come away with the loss, but I don't think it hurt them that much because they also had some standouts on the field that night. No, we'll get the take of that game from Tim Savage around in a couple of minutes here when we talk to the to the big man going into tonight's game. We'll talk to him about Mount Carmel a little bit too. And we'll also have Paul Babinski on leading up to his matchup today with Minersville as Paul taking over the helm at Mono area. But how about uh, some of the bigger news coming out this week, JP, that, uh, well, the PIAA says after their meeting Wednesday... Their plan is to have fall sports championships now. They were waiting to see how numbers were rolling with the pandemic. And in football, they said, well, that championship weekend is going to be Thanksgiving weekend, November 27th, 28th, I believe, something like Uh that. I don't know if they realize that that's the opening of deer season in the state of Pennsylvania, so it wasn't very wise planning on their part. That's just a personal feeling. But anyway... So District 11 says, wait, 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 what? You're going to do this now? And in order to do it, everybody's going to have to pretty much give up what we have now as week eight. If you want to go into the PIAA playoffs, you may have to give up week eight. And the district saying, well, for us to decide our classification champions in six classifications, uh, we're going to have to use power rankings? They don't think that's the right approach to it. Now, those power rankings have gone on to seed playoffs, but now when it's to decide the champion, the District 11 saying, hold the phone. Wait, 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 wait. We don't want to do that because somewhere it's not going to be as fair as we had hoped this power ranking system would work. Somebody's going to be shut out in the cold and not have an opportunity to win a berth into the state tournament outright. I said that years ago when I used to use all these power rating, power rating, and everybody was setting up games and running up scores. And I never believed it worked right. I'd rather more teams qualify, beat the next best and the next best before you move on. But to look at a district like District 11, and good example with some of the big teams in the Schuylkill League winning the way they are, to at some point, start playing games with numbers, and then possibly say, none of you guys, right. none of you guys are moving on in uh, for the state play. We're only going to take one from down there, and you're not it. So do what you want. I, I think the D- District 11 is making the right decision. Now, my argument in this whole thing, one, I know a lot of people weren't happy with the Schuylkill Colonial Cooperative Agreement because it just didn't seem like... It was going to be good matchups. Fan attendance wasn't going to be what it normally was for Schuylkill League teams who played one another, where you would bring out whole communities. They didn't think that either way people were going to travel to see these games. But if that would have stayed status quo and the PIAA would have pushed up their start date, you probably could have had a district champion in all classifications between the EPC and the Schuylkill Colonial Cooperative decided on the field throughout the year. So you kind of could have said at that point, 
Well, yeah. I mean, they all played each other, so yeah, it makes sense. The team with the best percentage here is dubbed the champion. Forget it. But this year, because the cooperative split, Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, the other side of the coin, though, everybody's saying, well, you know, this has to do with the 5A and 6A schools because they decided in the Lehigh Valley they weren't going to start until later, and now they're upset. I almost said a different word. Upset because now they don't have enough games to get under their belt going into it, so that's why they're forcing the District 11 hand and saying, no, we don't want to do this. We're going to have a nice formatted District 11 tournament that should go out over two, three weeks, if you lose or you don't qualify, you can play other teams that didn't. You have the opportunity to play a couple more games, consider it your regular season. And just everybody gets to continue to play up until Thanksgiving, and then we'll call it a year, and that's going to be it. Teams like Williams Valley, who will talk to Tim Savage here in a couple minutes, probably not happy because they have an opportunity in single A, Nativity is in the same boat. Depending on how this shakes out tonight, either team could state their case to say, we have a shot to play in Hershey Park. We have the opportunity. We have the horses to get there. You're stealing this from us. What do we end up with at the end? A district championship. We want to be called state champions. Yes, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. A long time ago I said, and people know this, when they started the state playoffs and stuff, you lost some of those local games that used to be big games, but it was done. And again, and to find, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you another phrase because I know what you were going to say, but it doesn't surprise me that the Lehigh Valley all of a sudden is in the state of high urination. How about that instead of the word you were going to say? Uh, Ooh, but, that's nice. Yes, state of high urination, but... They are, and then all of a sudden it becomes, again, I'll use a phrase, dictatorial. Hey, here's what we're doing, and the rest of you up there in the hinterland, you're going to have to go along with this. But, uh, yeah, we, we have some really good teams in the area this year who obviously are going to be upset if they do not get a chance to follow that road to Hershey in a possible state championship. Well, the leagues are going to look at this during the week, and we'll find out what the actual outcome will be. But indications in an early straw poll say that we will have the District 11 championships and not state championships for our District 11 schools. But a great article in this morning's Republican Herald by Leroy Boyer outlining all of those scenarios for all fall sports. Yeah, all fall sports, and it's a great article, and... uh it's interesting because it ends with a little headline that says odds and ends. This whole season for every sport has been odd, and we have to see where it ends. We're going to take a timeout, come back and talk with Tim Savage, the head coach of the Williams Valley Vikings this morning here on WPPA Sports Saturday, AM 1360, 106 FM. On the web at WPPARadio.com. And don't forget about the podcast, Anchor.fm, Google, Spotify, Apple. You missed the show? You want somebody to listen? Well, that's where they can find it. Podcast will be up a little later on this morning. We're coming back with Tim Savage right after this on WPPA Sports Saturday.
Does your bank come to mind when you think about the best things in your life? If not, consider a financial institution who has the experience in customer satisfaction. At CACL Financial, we've been voted the best bank in Schuylkill County for six years in a row. If you live, work, or worship in Schuylkill County, then CACL can help you with your financial needs. We have top quality products like free checking, lower fees, and better deposit rates than the competition. CACL Financial's goal is to deliver quality financial services to our members. Find out for yourself how it feels to work with a financial institution that's committed to helping you. Now, even more convenient with our newest location on the Port Carbon St. Clair Highway with easy in and out drive through banking and a state-of-the-art ATM. CACL Financial voted the best bank in Schuylkill County six years in a row in Pottsville and now on the Port Carbon St. Clair Highway. Trust CACL Financial committed to your customer satisfaction. Satisfaction. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Now, I'm over 50, and I've tried lots of supplements in the past, and I've never had anything work as good as Balance of Nature in such a short period of time. I'm amazed at the mental and physical transformation I've had since I've started taking it. And it's only been maybe three months. I say if there's anyone that is listening, if they listen on the radio or see the advertisements on TV, that you know, don't delay. It's, you're only putting off a chance to improve yourself uh, health-wise. That's a great product. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code FRUITS. Welcome back, WPPA Sports Saturday. Don't forget, here on WPPA today, 2 o'clock, Mono Area and Minersville. 6-10 tonight, a kickoff for Crimson Tide football. Pottsville traveling to Lee Height in the Tomagoe Show at 5.30 this evening. And on T-102 tonight, Williams Valley will play their third game in nine days as they travel into St. Clair to take on Nativity. And we're joined by, I don't know if he's tired or whatnot, JP, but Tim Savage joining us this morning. Coach, three games in nine days. How do you even work a schedule? Uh, it's been hectic, but we're uh, we're pressing through it. We've managed our time better than you would in a standard week. So, uh, you know, you just got to get everything in that you need in, and sometimes you just continue to lie to the kids and tell them we're done at 6, but it's, you know, it's almost 7 or we're Tomorrow, I promise, we'll be done at 5 and at 6.15. I just got to, you know, keep your spirits up. But I've been, I've been lying a lot. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, we, we were thrilled that you flip-flopped your schedule to be with us this morning. Now, talk about this big game tonight, obviously. But let's go back to Tuesday. Tim, I'll tell you what, that Mount Carmel team certainly has some studs. Yeah, it's a nice football team. They uh, across the board up front. It's not just the the weight. There's a lot of nice heights, and you know they uh, got some leverage there, and they kind of turn it into like a scrum. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's such big bodies. It's hard to uh, even keep up to where the back is. And then the, the skilled guys are just they're just weight room kids. I mean, they're just slapped together, you know. So. You know, we made nice contact at the line of scrimmage. They were still getting yard and a half, two yards. I mean, that's a 
It's a tough team. I think they're going to run the ball effectively, you know, throughout this season. You know, Tim, you said to me going into this one, you know, I'm not sure if we'll win or lose. I mean, you were very honest about it. This is a good team we're going to see. And you said it would be, you know, you'd be happy if the kids fought till the end. And your kids did. They rose to that occasion, no matter what was going on. There was points and times where they could have hung their heads. They didn't. They kept on the attack. And I think that speaks volumes of where your kids are at. Well, thanks for saying so. I mean, it's kind of the way that it's been the last eight years in the program. I mean, we've won so many remarkable endings there in the in late fourth quarter final drives, you know, and uh, it was brewing again. And we just, you know, got that turnover there after uh, we started getting the momentum. We were down the eight points and started to rush the ball better. And we were hooking up through the air throughout the night. I mean, it's, to me, like one of the best single single game performances I've seen was, was from Jesse Angle. I mean, he just kind of took that game over for us offensively. And I knew going in that it was a coin toss. I mean, I know we're on the road and the Silver Bowl is like a historic place to play. But uh, I really like my team and, you know, our skill guys. And, you know, we're just a tough out. I mean, if anyone, you know, and you're asking your guys in the secondary to cover for 55, 60 yards, I mean, that's that's a lot. And, you know, we, uh, we're we good at what we do, and we've had some success there. And it would have been nice to play a clean game. I think we could have came out on top. But, you know, that's hats off to those guys. They, they kept care of the ball, and uh, we didn't. Yeah, against the good teams, you can't even have one turnover. I mean, you know how it comes back to bite you, Tim. But now you go into a game tonight, everybody in the area anticipating this one, and you run up against a quarterback and a pretty good uh, crew of receivers. Miller's thrown the ball well, of course, Brendan Spolsky and these kids. Great receivers. Give us a little bit of insight as to how you prepare in that short week, part of it obviously by lying, but how do you prepare to get them back against a team that is a little more two-dimensional than the team you played the other night? Well, I think the biggest thing is it's such a quick turnaround that we're just looking forward to uh, trying to make all the wrongs right. I mean, it was it's tough. I mean, We've lost, and there's things we can take positive from the loss, and we can say, you know, Mount Carmel's got a a great program, and this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, like we lost, and and we haven't lost a lot the past several years, and it hurt. So I mean, the guys are, you know, really focused in, and uh, we understand that there's athletes on the Tivity team. Uh, they're going to be for them to score. I think it's going to be big plays as they got the athletes to do it and uh you know so they're going to be more explosive I, I just think that the, the 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 win or the loss is coming up in the interior i mean that's just i've just drilled my guys the three straight days where like our skills are going to be the skills jesse and and the receiving core with bryce they're going to do what they're going to do i think no matter who it is that we play it's going to be up front and, and a rushing attack and also being more stout against the run on, on our, when we have to, when we're on defense. So it's to zone, you know, you're basically hone in on the guys up front. It's going to tell you the whole story and it'll, it'll mm-hmm. be told early in the game. You know, Tim, you talk about that continuity with Bryce and Jesse. 
you said it was probably one of the greatest single game performances you you've seen, and I agree with you. You know that continuity is there. Bryce still trying to get his timing with some of those other new receivers, but what the how does Jesse have that kind of concentration and focus, the ability to catch the football with two guys hanging on to him and still haul it in, breaks free from those two guys and able to get into the end zone. I mean, what does he do that gets him in such shape to be able to do that? Uh, in my own opinion of that is Jesse's a three-sport athlete and he's just blessed and good at everything that he does. But his number one driving force passion is he just loves catching the football. You know, I mean, he's he's good at baseball, he's good at basketball, but like even on the football field, like he's good on defense for us. But like, there's a whole new different world or a new switch that goes on when he's when he's split out or even at the tight end spot. If he feels the ball's coming to him, like it's just his favorite thing that he does, and and he just does it well. I mean. To be that big with the size he has, he's just a mismatch with so many people, and he runs well. And then his hands are just amazing. So he's, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Nativity does with him tonight. I mean, you know, it's uh, either try to loosen up your box and bracket or double cover, and you really are susceptible to being just run on all night, or you take your chances that he'll A, have an off night, or Bryce may have an off night, and, and, and you roll the dice there and single him up with Either way, he's he's a talented kid, and he sure does love catching touchdowns. Okay, he sure does, and you bring up something again from the other night. Very often on Tuesday night, that Mount Carmel defensive line had Bryce running around a little bit more, didn't get as many chances to set his feet and throw. Uh, I'm sure that's something you talk to your kids about, about giving them better protection. Uh, when you play this nativity team, how does their front line and linebackers line up as opposed to what you saw with Mount Carmel? Well, like I said, Mount Carmel was, you know, the one, the one boy, 6'4", 320, and the smallest guys like 6'2", 260, 255, somewhere in there. Uh, and then the defensive end, Dalkis, to me, was their best ball player, and, and uh, he was disruptive. He's He's that tweener guy that he literally could easily be a guard, but he's just a talented kid athletic-wise, so he's defensive end, fullback. You know, he was good, and it's tough running the ball when you have that much size in there because we're trying to get second level, and uh, that linebacker's just hiding behind 600 pounds of man. So, I mean, it was tough getting to him. I thought I thought we passed block well, and, uh, you know, they were active up front, and they, like I said, they had the length. They had leverage, or they had the size, and uh, you know our guys. You know, thankfully they're all back from last year, and, and I've had a good time coaching them this year. Where I just don't hate every second of practice because they're clueless, undersized, young, weak. I mean, every <laughs> negative adjective you can throw at them, they were last year. So you know, I I thought they they played well, and tonight the Tivy won't have that size, but they have. Athletics, athleticism there along the line. Like they got some guys that can, that can move well. So, you know, it's uh, they definitely have plenty of athletes to uh, to be in every football game that they play. All right, now I have a serious question for you, Tim. Are you ready? 
I am always ready. I noticed on the sideline you walk carrying a book or a folder or something. But there's one yeah. thing I noticed. Tuesday night, you didn't even open the thing. No. No, that's like just uh, the caliber of game. I just had like, I don't know, like eight or nine sheets in there, folders from big games in the past and things that have worked against the defense that, that we've seen there. But yeah, basically, you just get the feel for the game, what they're trying to do to you defensively, and, and just play call around it. But sometimes it's like uh, you might have to pull out a, an, old, an old blast from the past, you know, but it was wasn't necessary there as long as uh they were split now that way it was going to be tough with as far as like any type of our counters or any pulling or any type of full blocking or any change we really couldn't change up any of our our uh our um blocking schemes because it was of the defense they were sitting in so a lot of the different things that we've done in the past against teams really couldn't do and just kind of play football and play call around their secondary coverage and run it enough to keep them honest, but obviously we were going to have to throw. I mean, they, were, they, they had a very, very nice defensive front seven, so it was uh, going to go to the air more so than the ground, but I also need something to throw and I get all mad, you know. I used, just, used to just yell, but now that there's no fans in the stands, everyone hears what I'm saying, and that's that's not good, so... I don't know, maybe tonight I'll take a stress ball around or do something else. But, <laughs> you know, they don't wear, that's why I, I, can't, I could never wear a headset because I'd be getting the bill. <laughs> for break well, you bring it up, and Chaz and I have been laughing here because each game that we go to do, because of the lack of fans, we do hear it all now, Tim. Oh, and yeah. It makes oh, it bad, much bad. more difficult, not only from the coaches, sometimes from referees yelling back. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot going on here, but it, it does make it oh, a little more interesting. It is. It's hysterical. I mean, like, as <laughs> I'm just berating and working over the officials trying to get a call somewhere in the game. Everyone over on the Mount Carmel sideline can hear what I'm saying, and then when Coach Dare is trying to work them over, we ain't. I mean, it's, it's, there's no hiding anything anymore. You know, yeah, well, uh, everything today, the kid just echoes throughout the community. Everybody hears it, and you know. But T- Tim, you yeah. bring up a great line. You know, people watch games. They go to games. They watch it. They think that the uh, coaches and the officials are just walking around. There's no communication because you can't hear them. This has added uh, a little bit of levity once in a while, but people are seeing what really goes on during the game when you're blasting kids about being out of position or you're blasting an official and you got them mm-hmm. giving it back once in a while. But let me move to something else. Tim, you, you have a lot of kids doing a lot of things this year in your rushing game and receiving. You're moving the ball around to a lot of ball carriers and throwing the ball to a lot of kids. And that, that's that got to present some real problems for defenses. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, it was nice having an athlete like Bo Rejo and also Jaden Cruz last year where the ball's in the vicinity. They are going to make the catch. They were just super talented kids. They had great body control, ran great routes. So it was just a solid situation last year where it was Bo, Je- I mean Bo, Jesse, and Jaden. Now this year, you know, Jesse returns, but now all these other guys 
like someone just needs to rise up and just be the compliment to Jesse, the number one, and then hopefully even develop a number two. So, you know, all week long at practice, and, like, I'm always in Bryce's ear, like, we just got to spread it around, and then, and you develop. Like, you mm-hmm. kind of, like, force your own will upon someone to be your number one wide out. And so, you know, we're trying to get the ball to several different guys to see not only who's running the best routes, who's open, who's catching the receptions, but what they're doing with the ball after they get it. You know, some guys just tuck it, look to get hit, and not, not very aggressive. Some guys are, like, balling out, trying to fight for every yard. Like we're, the, the ball's going so many different ways early in this season until we find out, like, who is the man, like, who's the guy we're mm-hmm. going to lean on. Well, Tim... We're up against it. We'll catch you tonight against Nativity. We're not going to attempt to mic you up as I was trying to think about doing. I don't think that's going to be a great idea, but I thought about it. But uh, (laughs) we'll talk to you a little later on. We want to thank you for taking time out this morning to talk to us here on Sports Saturday. Hey, well, thanks for having me on and, like, always, you know, pushing pushing the high school football in the area. I mean, I think guys like listening to the show and, you know, it's a good time. It's just something normal. Just trying to bring back some normalcy. It's mm-hmm. been a tough, Indeed. tough couple months. Indeed. I got a text this morning from one of our listeners saying, Savage is the best. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's probably, I don't know, there could be a wink-wink there. I don't know how I'll take that. Oh, I, it was me. It was me. <laughs> no, he don't have a phone. <laughs> but anyway, we'll talk to you in a couple minutes to get prepared for tonight. But uh, thanks for joining us here on the program, Tim. All righty. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a good day, buddy. You too. So, John, we're going to switch gears to our game this afternoon here on WPPA as we get set to talk to Paul Babinski, head coach of the Mono Area Golden Bears. That's a 2 o'clock tilt with Minersville today right here on WPPA. Life is about motion, so orthopedic injuries are just a part of life. Phoenix Physical Therapy helps you rise to new heights after an injury by creating a program focused on you. With direct access, you can easily schedule an appointment at one of our convenient clinic locations in Hotsville, Orwigsburg, Fragville, Pine Grove, or Gratz. Your community-selected Phoenix is the proud winner of the 2020 Republican Herald Reader's Choice Award. Your life should be pain-free, filled with activity that you love. With the help from Phoenix, you can recover, recharge, and rise. Visit phoenixphysicaltherapy.com to schedule your physical therapy visit. The folks at Gears Dairy would like to thank all of you for your overwhelming support of our new raspberry tea. No matter the weather, the raspberry iced tea and diet decaf raspberry are the perfect blends. Not too sweet, not too mellow, perfectly refreshing. Plus, you can enjoy all of their iced teas, fruit drinks, and milk products. Gears Dairy on the Tumbling Run Road, the county's oldest family-owned dairy. Ah, on, Schuylkill County. Does your bank come to mind when you think about the best things in your life? If not, consider a financial institution who has the experience in customer satisfaction. At CACL Financial, we've been voted the best bank in Schuylkill County for six years in a row. If you live, work, or worship in Schuylkill County, then CACL can help you with your financial needs. We have top quality products like free checking, lower fees, and better deposit rates than the competition. CACL Financial's goal is to deliver quality 
quality financial services to our members. Find out for yourself how it feels to work with a financial institution that's committed to helping you. Now, even more convenient with our newest location on the Port Carbon St. Clair Highway with easy in and out drive through banking and a state-of-the-art ATM. CACL Financial, voted the best bank in Schuylkill County six years in a row in Pottsville and now on the Port Carbon St. Clair Highway. Trust CACL Financial, committed to your customer satisfaction. Welcome back to WPPA Sports Saturday. Don't forget, coming up 2 o'clock this afternoon, Mahanoy area and Minersville, 6-10 tonight, kickoff the Crimson Tide at Lee Height and the Tomagoe Show at 5-30. JP joining us on the phone, Paul Babinski, the newest Papa Bear in Mahanoy area football lore. And Paul, good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you aboard. We, we're talking about... This season, you're off to a one-on-one start, lost to a very, very good and now undefeated North Schuylkill team and came up with a big victory against those Hurricanes. And, you know, Paul, I'm looking at, again, rosters and stuff. A lot of teams in the area, a lot of freshmen. You have 14 freshmen on your roster. But right now, two of those carrying the ball for you pretty much all the time, along with one senior at quarterback. Yes, we have uh, we have uh, eight seniors and, and only two juniors, and the rest are underclassmen, freshmen, and sophomores. So uh, they've been stepping up for us um, this season. You know, Paul, when you look at it, that's that's not an uncommon theme this year. It doesn't seem in in the area. It seems like Nativity still has a bunch of underclassmen in the small schools. May have the most experience back, but across the board, even in the big schools, there's not that one team that overly dominates a senior populated roster. It's almost like the baby boom didn't happen in the year these kids were coming through. Yes, uh, I know Minersville is very young. Who we play today, Schuylkill Haven has a young team, um, Shenandoah, they only have a few seniors, and, and Marion has a very young team. So, um, yep, there's a lot of youth out there. And yet, the guy who's leading the parade for you in these first two games, Ben Terry, he is off to a tremendous start, throwing the football, doesn't have any touchdown passes, but on the ground, he's tearing it up, four TDs rushing, and, of course, the... 75-yard kick return, that's great leadership from a senior. Yeah, Ben's doing a great job. He played, uh, he was one of our running backs last year when Danny Lawrence was the quarterback, um, and he's transitioned to quarterback very well this year, and uh, it's great to have his experience to help lead these young kids. You know, Paul, when you look at it, you open the season with North Schuylkill, then you have Schuylkill Haven, and you pick up what I would say is a signature victory here in the early part of this crazy year to knock off the Hurricanes. You know, that's got to give your kids a little bit of pep going into today's ball game. Well, uh, Coach Farr runs a great program. He has a great tradition at Schuylkill Haven, so for our kids to get a victory over them was was definitely a bonus, Um, and, and they came out in the third quarter, and they they gave a shot and um, and scored, and, and our kids didn't back down. We battled back, and we were able to take the game back over to win it. Well, you have two running backs, McGrady and Manley, combining for almost 200 yards in the first two games, and, and these are both freshmen stepping up. Talk to them, us a little bit. I know they had great junior high success 
along the line, but to step in at the varsity level and to start the season off that well at running back, which is pretty tough. Talk to us a little bit about their development. Yeah, Ben and, and Cole McGrory, they're they're hardworking kids, um, and they've they've had a lot of success on the on the youth and junior high level, and uh, they're always in the weight room. I could open the weight room up any time during the day, and those guys show up. So they're hungry, and uh, they're per- they're doing a great job on the defensive side of the ball for us, also. You know, let's talk about that defensive side of the ball, Coach. As uh, last week, you know, a great defensive effort. Is is that the area where you think right now with, with Ben taking over at quarterback, do you think your defense may be a little ahead of your offense, or do you think they both kind of caught up after week one? Well, um, I, I think our, our offensive defensive lines have are our strengths this year. So we're trying to ride off of that a little bit. Schoolhaven was a, a little bit more physical, and they, they, they like to come right at you with the football. Uh, today will be a challenge because Minersville obviously likes to spread you out and throw the ball around a little bit. So um, it'll be a test for our secondary today, definitely. Well, they, they bring back two All-Staters. I mean, they just have kids who can get out there, catch the ball, and even more important, once they catch it, they can take off Davison Grave. Just two tremendous receivers. Tell us a little bit about, you mentioned your line, about your defensive backs and linebackers and how you go about shutting down a uh, an air thing like this. And they have a freshman slinging it now in Schwalm who had a real good game last week. Yes, uh, Connor Schwalm, he, he's a very good athlete. He's a strong kid. He throws an accurate football. And Graf and uh, Gabe Davis... Again, they're, they, they'll be a challenge for us. We just got to uh, – hopefully we can get some pressure on the quarterback, and we just want to make him work the field and, and not get that big play. You know, when you look at giving up the big play, that could be part of, uh, you know, the old dagger proverbially. But I think your kids are in a position now, Paul, to handle that, to say, all right, that's one, but we, we're going to get ours now. Yes, uh Hopefully we'll be able to, uh, you know, we, we like to run the ball, and hopefully that'll help us a little bit and keep the clock moving today to keep their offense off the field. So, um, And Ben has some breakaway speed, Ben Terry, so hopefully we can get, you know, a, a couple big plays ourselves today. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at stat- statistics. Uh, averaging 210 yards on the ground, 48 through the air on an average, and pretty much McGrady is – the air guy for catches for 96, but you mentioned Ben Terry again, 32 rushes, 214 yards. He adds that dimension of your running game in addition to just those two running backs. Yes, yep. Ben can, you know, he can t- take it or pitch it or, or hand it off to Ben Manley. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're hoping um, he'll be able to manage the game well today and, and, and make some plays. You know, Paul, it's kind of crazy that the kids keep coming through Monoy area and you're finding the right talents there to continue to run the midline, which the kid that's taking the snaps has to be pretty deceptive, but also has to have a pretty good head on his shoulder. So I'm thinking Ben Terry's probably a good student, too. Yeah, he does He does really well in the classroom, and you're right about that because he has to make decisions on the fly, and Ben does a great job uh, doing that. 
Well, as you prepare, you look at last week. Minersville goes up against the big school. They lose to Pottsville, 52-18. Now, your preparation, you know, you look at films, you look at things. Tell us a little bit about this Minersville offense that you looked at from last week's game, which, of course, they give up a lot of points on the defensive side. But in prepping, seeing that, how how do you look at it? Well, they, they they give us some challenges because you know we're we're young on the defensive side of the ball, and um, we have to figure out how to you know not let Gabe Davis and Jared Graff make big plays against us. So um, it, it's it's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, we're a, a, a fifty defense, so <clears throat> we have to somehow figure out how to cover their four and sometimes more receivers. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll make for an interesting matchup this afternoon here on WPPA. Paul, thank you for taking time away from your Saturday morning. You did well first time on the program, and we certainly appreciate and look forward to talking to you as the season rolls on. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Good luck. Thank you. Take care. Bye. You too. Well, John, we are out of time this morning here on Sports Saturday. Time flies when you're having fun, right, buddy? Oh, yeah. We've been having fun since uh, 5 o'clock yesterday. And we'll continue for a long time today. Don't forget, we, you and I will be traveling to Minersville today to take in the matchup of the Golden Bears and Batlin Miners. We'll also be in St. Clair tonight as Williams Valley and Nativity get set to do battle. And here tonight on WPPA, Crimson Tide Football. The Tomagoe Show at 5.30. Into the pregame show, Matt Freiler. Bernie Forgotch together again for Pottsville at Lee Heighton. So there's a whole lot going on. whole lot going on. Look forward to hearing Maddie coming back. And, of course, they're on PPA. We'll be on PPA for the Miners Home Monoy game and then return to our regular haunts on T-102 for the Nativity game. We want to thank Paul Babinski, Tim Savage, for joining us this morning on the program. We'd also like to thank our fine sponsors like CACL Financial, 1800 West Market Street in the city of Pottsville. Always open online at CACLFCU.org. CACL Financial, you won't find a better fiduciary relationship anywhere. And don't forget their spot along the Port Carbon Sinclair Highway, too. Gears Dairy, Schuylkill County's oldest full-service family-owned dairy along the Tumbling Run Road, and Phoenix Physical Therapy. Find them at five different locations. Oregsburg, Pottsville, Frackville, Pine Grove, and Gratz. Saturday morning oldest show is coming up.